When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm Danny and I'm here with Charles to look ahead to a huge weekend for the men and for the women of Northampton Town Football Club. How are you, Charles? I, I am... Party mood. That's Party. who I am. It's birthday day as we record, isn't it? It is. It is yes. birthday day and obviously other good news as well. So um, Yes, lots of stuff woo! to get into. In fact, yes. in fact. Oh, here we go. It's coming out. There it is. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes. Enjoyable day all around, I think, celebrating the official birthday. Um, and we're going to be joined from Lit by Lee from the Brunton Bugle later on mm. and 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 there's an and two matches to preview charles this week because we're joined by our very own abby bruin <gasps> from ntfc women to look ahead to the big game on sunday big game so big game. but first we've got mm. a bit of news a bit of news Pla- of news. plaques what's your views Pla- on plaques <laughs> charles uh my view on plaques um yes. it varies yeah it depends. It depends what they are on and what they say. Well, if I say plaque in a pub, then I am I'm there. Assuming you're there, yes. I'm there with yes. bells on, mate. Yes, uh, Kelvin Thomas looking resplendent today as he unveiled. I say unveiled. He's basically pulled a flag away <laughs> from the plaque in the no uh, expense spared. <laughs> Wendy. Wendy, give me, give me a flag, quick. Um, <laughs> unveiled uh, on the site of the club's formation, formerly known as the Princess Royal Inn, now the Jekyll and Hyde, which is probably just about right for the cobblers, I'd say. Well um, named. Yes. Uh, lovely plaque, in fact. Plaque is unveiled there. Uh, quick thoughts on the plaque, Giles, if you've seen it. It's, uh, it's nice and square. Nice and square, yeah. And has the cobblers in... Uh, capital letters. So every time that I will ever go and see it, I will shout the cobblers yes. really loud in my mind as I read it. Yeah. Do we think it's going to get graffitied? No. 
Hopefully. I mean, if Kelvin Thomas has put it up, it's probably that high. Nobody else can reach it. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. But uh, you mentioned in the intro some more good news. Because there's been not this isn't the good news that there's been another meeting because we all know we don't like these council meetings. Uh, there was a council meeting on Monday night. Uh, mm. Sildara beforehand upped their bid for the land behind the east stand in the ongoing saga. But uh, six o'clock on Monday, we all thought it was going to be item number six hundred and three. Mm. It turned out they you messaged us saying it's it's happening now. Yeah, they, they moved bumped it, to it up. The, they bumped it up to the start headline act. Head- yeah, and actually, headline act would have been the last. Yeah, thing yeah, to... I was going to say yeah, headline act. <laughs> this is uh, they wanted to get it out of the way, and suddenly everything think, seemed to turn around. I think what they really wanted was that they wanted everyone to have got off the stream before they discussed yeah, anything yeah. that was you know yeah, that, that they don't true. really care about us <laughs> yeah, knowing about a kind of thing. The, probably there was that long gap at the end. Uh, where you thought they're waiting for us all to leave now, aren't they? Yeah, so, yeah, they just all turned the microphones off, and, and you saw yeah. a couple of them just like twiddling their thumbs. Yeah. yeah, but it was good news. Good news it that they approved news. the deal for um, well CDNL, I suppose, to mm. uh, buy the land for. I'm presuming it's the deal that's for the 2.05 million, the matched offer. Yeah, um, I, yeah, they didn't mention it, I don't think, did they? But I'm assuming, no, yeah. But it's it's the one where so slightly changed, hasn't it? Because this is where the this go this is going to mean that the freehold for the athletics track area of the said land will now um, be given. The freehold will be given to the football club, so the yeah. whole of that land rather than just half of it, mm-hmm. and. There is a buyback clause that the council have in. So basically, if the club haven't built the stand within five years, they'll be able to just purchase the land back. Now, the important bit is it's the land around the well where the athletics track sits. Only mm-hmm. that land they'll be able to buy back for a quid. So essentially, yeah. they will have made themselves two point naught four nine 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 million mm. <laughs> or something. Yeah. I don't know how it works out, but yeah. Um, yes. Good news. Sally Good Beardsworth news, can buy herself some new frocks or whatever she wants to buy. I don't know. What does she okay. buy? What does Sally Beardsworth buy? I don't know. A new average Expensive week. beard? New pair of shoes? New pair of shoes, new, maybe. Uh, yeah. Handbag? New note, new note we shouldn't pad. do this, Danny, because it's almost like we're accusing councillors of, of, you know, doing things no, with money. True. And we shouldn't Embezzle. do that. No, that yeah. definitely doesn't happen ever. Never. Uh, <laughs> Um, but if Sally Beardsworth comes in with a new gold notepad, we know why. Um, oh. <laughs> legal papers are going to be drawn up. We're going to move on. Legal papers <laughs> are going to be drawn up uh, in the coming weeks, I believe. So there's a little bit of question six, still. Six to eight weeks, I think. Six to take. eight weeks. Yeah, yeah. So there's and more, then more. and then I'm expecting yeah. at least one JCB on site. Yeah, we by the end of the season we want a JCB. We want at least one of Jeffy's tractors to be Absolutely. on site. Um, there was rumours of Sildara bringing legal action. I don't think that's come to fruition just yet. So hopefully they uh, that doesn't happen. But um, for the time being, can I are. can I just say right? If I was going to let, let's just right in front of me right now, yeah. I have, have this very tall. Um, rectangular quite heavy glass object oh yeah um, it's it, the words on it read uh, the fsa awards <laughs> club podcast of the year it's all cobblers to me anyway if i was going to decide to sell this to you danny hmm. 
and I wanted, I don't know, 50p for it. I mean, it's worth a lot more than that, obviously, so let's call it 50 quid. Uh, I wanted 50 quid for it. And then uh, Abby, who's going to be on the podcast later, thinks, oh, I, I quite like tall glass objects um, with a bit of weight on them. I'll give you 60 quid for it. I've not invited you to bid on it. And I decide that, well, I, I don't want to give it to Abby, as nice as she is. I want to give it to you, Danny. Yeah. Surely it's my decision. It's my award. I can, if you're going to, you know, I can accept whichever deal I want. Hmm. Surely. Firstly, firstly, getting the award into the preview show is quite impressive. I'm enjoyable. <laughs> Secondly, yeah, I think you're right. Um, in my limited legal knowledge, you're probably right. Um, Hang on, I, just, I just need to put it down and it might sound a bit clunky. <laughs> Did you hear that? There you go. (laughs) You slip that into every podcast you do, don't you? Yeah. Well, what's this? What's this thing next to me? Oh, there you Um, go. Anyway, anyway, that's Mm. that's hopefully a step closer. Finally, we'll see. Maybe. Um, Other news: Exeter beats Wyndham three-one on Tuesday night. Good for them. They're now third. They're three points behind us with with two games in hand. Oh well, good for them. um, That's all right, isn't it? I've got one thing to say to Exeter. What's that? 4 0. Yeah, 4 0. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Moving we'll on. Move on. So, we're going to bring in our special guest, or one of our special guests, one of our first, first. two special guests for the for the evening. Uh, Lee from the Front and Bugle is here. How are you doing, Lee? I'm not too bad, guys. How are you both? Yeah, good. 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 It's been good, a thank pretty you. positive week, I think. Probably <laughs> the same for you, I would imagine. Um, <laughs> We'll get straight into it, um, going back a few years. Eighth season back in League 2 now, yeah. after relegation. <laughs> Looking back all those years, uh, when you come down, did you envision it taking this long to, to get back up again? I think under the ownership, probably, yeah. And it, <laughs> it gets very complicated that we've got owners who are not particularly bad people. They're not people who are trying to deliberately kill the club. But what they are doing is draining a lot of life out of it through apathy. And that's part of the problem. They they don't have quite the drive to get us that extra step to go, well, what we've effectively become in League Two is a yo-yo club within the league itself. We're not even actually getting out of it. What we have is we have a season where we have a struggle. First season we came down, we struggled. Uh, next season we did okay. But then I think we, the season after that's one where we nearly got promoted, but just missed out on the playoffs. Season after we struggled a little bit. Season after that, we nearly got promoted. We nearly got in the playoffs. Uh, just missed out. Then we struggled. You can see the cycle I'm starting to develop here a little bit. The problem is every time we get close to promotion, we just don't quite do it. And we end up rebuilding the squad. And as a result, there's no consistency there. And that, that's where there's been a major problem. Add that to the fact that um, we, we had issues under a man I'm sure you both all know very well, Mr. Keith Curl, um, <laughs> who nearly got us promoted. But the fact that he nearly got us promoted on a bonus scheme that he concocted, but the board went along with, to be fair, you know, that the board agreed that this was a bonus scheme to go with, that nearly crippled us financially. And uh, when I say nearly crippled us financially, our sports trust have been saying that we were very close to going bust <laughs> until we really? managed to find someone to loan us the money to basically survive problem was this this bonus scheme was very generous but it was also generous if you finished in seventh and didn't go up via the playoffs where you get no benefit from it so we've basically spent the last three or four years since then trying to rebuild 
the squad basically and we got so close last season and, and I mean on New Year's Day last year we beat Walsall 2-0 and we absolutely battered them and their commentators on the iFollow were saying one of the best teams we've seen in a long time they look like they're going to go comfortably up and then COVID hit the squad and COVID mm-hmm. absolutely cripples we ended up playing I think 12 weeks in a row of Saturday Tuesdays I think we had about 10 games in total were called off for various reasons whether it be Snow on the pitch, um, waterlock pitch for away games, COVID affecting our squad, COVID affecting other squads. And we just did, I mean, we had additions in January, but we, we just never, ever quite got back. So did I envisage we'd still be in at this point? Probably not. Um, I was a little bit worried a, f- a few weeks ago that we would finally end that running league too, but not in the right way. But yeah, I think most people would be quite happy for us to have a ninth season in league two next season. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I'm really interested in the Keith Curl thing. I'm going to go back to that quickly. Um, yeah. I don't think he tried anything like that here. Um, mm. What what kind of bonuses was was that that he was introduced? Uh, we don't know the exact deal, but essentially they, they got extra bonuses depending on where they were in the league at that time, basically, and stuff like that. So mm. if you managed to keep yourself in the top seven for quite a long while, you'd get decent bonuses. Mm. But obviously the basis of that is if you go up, you're in a high league, you get more money from... TV and from the EFL and stuff like that so you can justify doing that and we never got over that little hurdle to say the least to get up to interleague two and that's basically what left us in a bit of a mess and we were stuck yeah Yeah, it it was a big gamble and and Keith's someone who divides quite a lot of our fans a lot of our fans really loved him and felt like he was (laughs) almost like a, a renegade against our board a lot of our fans I mean one of the other hosts on our podcast pretty much he doesn't even hide the fact that he really did not like the bloke I, I'm very much on the fence. I could, there were some great times under Keith. I mean, being within a couple of penalties of beating Liverpool in at Anfield in the League Cup is, you know, one of my as someone who lives in Liverpool myself would have been a highlight if that had actually been pulled off. But yeah, it it it, it was a messy era to say the least. We've got ourselves tangled up in some debt that's again really restricted us over the last few seasons as a result of that. So yeah, Curls era is one of those ones that has kind of sort of defined us in this period in League Two, and we're hoping that a proper messiah has now returned to turn things around. Mm. Uh, first, uh, I will jump in because I know the Cobblers media team would jump in at this point to say yeah. uh, beating Liverpool on penalties isn't for everyone. So I'll just throw that one in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, going back to what you said about earlier this season. Keith Millen, I think was I think it was appointed just before you played us at yes, Sixfields. Yes. Um what's what's gone on? What's gone wrong there for him? This is four <sighs> months in charge, I think it was. He was he was never the right appointment. It was it it there was a very brief uplift at the turn of this year and sort of the end of last year where it looked like maybe he was starting to get things right. And then it basically ended with a run, I think, of eight games where we I think we picked up about two or three points in that period. We were just appalling in that in that run of games, and you never really had the authority over the team. Never had the backing of the fans. The problem Millen always had was we obviously we sacked Beach, who'd done so well for for a long period, and then start of this season he did not recruit very well in the summer. Really struggled to turn things around, and he just had to go in the end. And the recruitment process took about two weeks, two or three weeks, and there was there was murmurs that we heard that Keith Hill was being lined up for the job and there was rumours he was even shown around the training ground. Now that would have been a strange one because Chris Beach obviously was Keith Hill's assistant 
at Rochdale. So to go from apprentice to master would have been a bit of a strange sort of turn of events. But most of our fans looked and thought, well, Keith Hill, Northwest based coach, did a really good job at a, you know, smallish size club at Rochdale. He could be the right man to really give this squad a kick off the backside and get us out of trouble. And then suddenly things flipped and we started hearing Keith Millen. We were like, Keith Millen, when was the last time he met? Oh, Bristol City, 10 years ago? It's very odd. And he came in and I haven't had a chance to listen back, but I know from a couple of people who listened to our podcast said that they said at the time, the way we were talking on the podcast after he appointed, we were supportive of him, but you could tell from the way we were talking, we were just not convinced in the slightest of the right decision. Probably didn't help the fact that our director of football, David Holdsworth, um, was Keith Millen's defensive partner at Watford yes, for quite a few yeah. years. So there was a lot of talk of, oh, job for the boys, that kind of thing. Mm. I don't think that was necessarily 100% the case. I think it probably helped Millen a little bit. But I think they generally thought they were trying to be clever and get a coach who has a reputation of doing well with young players who might be able to turn things around. But Millen's have a big promise. All his contacts were based down in the South. So his January transfers, he was signing a lot of players we had a real mix of January transfers in that only about three of them we reckon were actually his signings that he wanted, that he'd scouted and he would, he had tracked. One of them was Tyrese Omatoya, who'd been on loan at Orient the first half season, played four times. He was on loan from Norwich there. Probably tells you how good he is. Hmm. Um, the other was a, a big centre-back called Dinel Simeu from Southampton, um, who didn't have a great start with us, but he's actually picked up last few games since uh, Paul Simpson's returned. Uh, to take over as manager. And yeah, he was another one where he said he was his number one target. He watched him several times. And defensively, we weren't doing that bad at that point. So we were a bit like, why is your number one target defender when we're struggling to score goals? It was just a very weird thing to come out with. There was a couple more. But most of the other signings were players who'd either been with us before, like Amari Patrick, who returned after six months at Burton. Jamie Devitt, who, you know, was a really popular player in his first spell with the club. Mm. And Joel Senior, we signed from... Um, uh, Altrinum in the National League is someone we'd scouted under Chris Beach. So there was a lot of players who we'd already scouted before generally who'd come in. So it was, there was never really, the fans never really got behind Millen. And towards the end, it was very toxic. And I think he was a little bit in luck in the circumstances of the way Holdsworth was involved. The club. Holdsworth was absolutely despised by the majority of the fans. Essentially, he was appointed as it's a bit of a long size, but he was appointed as director of football in about just after Curl left. Actually, I think he'd actually been involved behind the scenes before Curl left because Curl sort of hinted at you know someone uh, operating in the shadows at the club or something along those words, basically, mm. at the time. And he was given a director of football job. He basically is mates with a guy called Philip Day. Now, Philip Day did own Edinburgh Woollen Mill, it obviously went bust during the pandemic. Um, he's Edward Woolamill were based in the city of Carlisle. They loaned us about 2.4 million. I think it was something like that a few years ago when we had those debt problems because we couldn't get money from anywhere else. So he was basically installed, David Holdsworth, to keep an eye on the finances and make sure we weren't overspending on contracts and stuff like that. So we had one summer um, in, I think, just, just before Beach became manager when Stephen Presley was still a manager, where basically every single contract we gave to a player was a one-year deal. And it was just ridiculous. You thought, how, how on earth are you supposed to build a squad for the future or build up a team when this was happening? So Holdsworth's always been disliked. And I think Millen basically bore the brunt of that a little bit. And he seemed a decent bloke, but he was never going to win the fans over, to be honest. And it it, it had to happen. After, after we lost 3-0 against Swindon and we, we were humiliated 
that afternoon. We were second best by such a country mile. And Harry McCurdy, our former player, again, not a very popular person with Carlisle fans, certainly <laughs> lapped it up that day. You've probably experienced him this season. He's a, a yeah, character, yeah. to say the least. But uh, yeah, yeah, slightly, slightly experienced him. When he's, <laughs> I think he's scored four against us, didn't he? It is, um, yeah. yeah. Stop talking yeah. about it, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bad memories. Uh, Paul Simpson, back now on a lighter note, on a yes. better note. Um Obviously, led you to back-to-back promotions from Conference to League One last time. Snapped up by Preston at the end of that. Um, should this have happened in October, do you think? Well, I think Simo has actually hinted that the club did ask him if he was interested. Right. Um, the one issue I think at that point was he just, not that long before that, he'd had treatment for kidney cancer. Right. So I think he was sort of in the, the frame of mind at that point, point. I'm not quite up for doing something at the moment. It mm. just just doesn't feel right for me. So that, at that time, I think his, his thoughts were, I'm okay, Th- thanks for the offer. Hence why we probably went to sort of an open recruitment process to bring someone in. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's funny you say about all those, uh, the great things he did first time round. As Paul pointed out in his first press conference when he came back, said, I got us relegated to the National League last time as well, you, you do remember. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's not, not all, you know, uh, brilliant moments, but, you know, no, it's it's... The difference in the mood around the club, it was like flicking a switch. It was incredible that the outpouring of excitement and relief is probably the wrong way, but you know, the joy to, to see Paul back in the hot seat from, for the fans was was incredible. And, and you know, it, for some fans, it was a little bit of a sour note when he left to Preston because Preston were a club that many years ago our fans considered big rivals, but I mean, they are a bigger club than us. And I, I, I know a lot of our fans will hate me saying that, but that's just factual. And, and yeah, it, it the way he's he's talking, his press conference, he gets it. He gets the club, and he and he's so measured, and he, he really thinks about what he's saying. He's very realistic. He's very pragmatic. But the fans are, have bought into it from day one, and you know that the, the first game was late and away. And I think before he was appointed, I think we sold about three hundred and fifty. Come come the match day, we, we sold seven hundred tickets from Lorient <laughs> away. We then played all the midweek. Um, sorry, not Oldham, Rochdale midweek. And I think it was our first midweek league game with a crowd over 5,000 for about three or four, probably more years. Wow. That's how big the fans got behind it. And then Oldham, we had 1,300 fans out the weekend. So he, people will back him. That they'll And and because of that, the players have got a lift from it because I don't think we have got that But This squad's not as bad as some of the Cal United squads I've seen down the years that have struggled in League Two. There's big holes in it. There's big issues in it. But it's not as bad as some of the I'm, teams have had to endure. I mean, it it helps that you know you've you've had a real proper new manager bounce. I mean, mm. you've won all three of those games since he came in. So he came in on the twenty third. Three days later is his first game against Orient. You've won one yeah. nil down there. You then beat Rochdale at home two nil, and then you've beaten Oldham away from home two one at the weekend. I mean. That's a fabulous upturn in form when you consider the, you know, the three results, well, three or four, five, mm. six, seven keep or eight going, performances. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm literally, I'm going back. I have to go back to the, the 8th of January where you beat Bradford 2-0 um, for you to have a really positive result before then. I mean, you had a couple of draws in there against Colchester, mm. um, for example. But I mean, you know, you mostly you were getting beat for a, a long old time, yeah. really, and yet all of a sudden you've won three on the bounce. As you say, you've got a manager who's come back to you, has 
put a bit of belief back into you know the fan base but obviously the fan uh, sorry the, the the squad the players as well i mean mm. you guys are absolutely bouncing you must be looking ahead to this game on on saturday with at least enjoyment and and, and a willingness to go and support your team again because you're sort of now thinking we can win this yeah, the, the, there is a belief that, I mean, look, we're not realistic and no, we're not out of it yet. But what we've done is we've given ourselves a little bit of a cushion to work with now and something to build on. And the, the way Simo's coming in straight away just said, he said before, he said, I've not even watched any of the footage from any of the games prior to me coming in. I'm not interested in that. I'm going to put together a team that I think is good and gets results. I'm not going to worry about the opposition. He said 90% us, 10% of the opposition. That's all I'm going to focus on. He basically said as soon as he got the phone call from the club, he went on Scout and watched the players and what he did, he, he looked up their best bits and what they're good at and said, right, I'm going to build a team based on what I can see here. And it's incredible the work he's done in this space of a week. And like you said, there is a belief there. It, this weekend's going to be interesting because someone else has pointed this out as a stat. We've, our res, we're unbeaten against the top, the bottom 10 this season. That's where we're getting our results. The vast majority of our points are from there. We're flat track bullies, basically. We're essentially getting results against the team of rounders, and that's what's keeping us away from trouble. Mm. We haven't beaten a single one of the top seven yet this season. We've beaten Swindon, who are eighth. That was right at the start of the season. So that, you know, you barely even count that, to be honest. So it's getting results against teams at the top is still going to be a challenge, I think. What we're held by is the fact that the club have bought into the, the atmosphere around Simo coming back. And there's a ticket off this this weekend, as you've probably seen. So £10 for adults, £5 for kids, and yeah. I think £2 for the youngest kids. Mm. And, you know, the, the uptake's been really good so far. I think it's around about 5,000 sold in advance. And usually you, you get a good two or 3,000 walk-ups as well for games. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping at the very least it'll be around the 8K mark, if not more. I think it'll, it'll beat our biggest attendance this season, which was Barrow. At home, which was boosted by Barrow coming to the, for the first time in fifty odd years and bringing about seventeen hundred, I think it was. So, so yeah, the, the, there's a real belief, and the fans. It, it's interesting at the weekend when we played Oldham, we went one nil down just before half time. Hallam Hope, you probably remember as well. I think he had a loan spell mm-hmm. with you guys, didn't mm-hmm. he? Many years yeah. ago, we try and he, forget, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, he did okay for us, you know. Funny enough, but he got quite a lot of stick from our fans. I thought it was a bit harsh. He celebrated right in front of us, and you could have been demoralised by conceding with pretty much the last kick of the first half. And if he'd gone back two or three weeks, they would have got booed off and they would have got abuse. But they got cheered off and they got like a load of encouragement. And what do you know? Come out the second half, three minutes in, we've equalised. And then you get a 94th minute winner as well. It was bedlam in that away end at the end. And <laughs> that, that euphoria as well, you hope that'll give them a lift to kick on for this game. The players as well, the way they're talking, they all seem really upbeat that they were barely posting on social media some of them you know they were a little bit terrified of it and mm. the way they've turned things around as well is incredible I mean Amari Patrick who scored the the um, equaliser just off the start of the second half at the weekend that was his third goal in three games so since coming back he scored six and twelve he wasn't really a striker when he was first he was he was a winger so it's quite a surprise to see him scoring so many goals just that sounds like Thierry Henry. Yeah, it's very, very, no, his playing style is very Wilfred Zaha in the way he plays. He's very close control, gets it out of his feet, gets shots off quickly. He's he's a he's a really good player. He just didn't quite work out for him at Burton, and I think he just he was he always felt a bit more comfortable with us. Funny enough, uh, after Millen's last game in charge that evening, he went out in Carlisle with a couple of the players, 
and they were involved in what I think you'd call was a fracas, a mm. altercation outside. I think uh, I saw the, this, yeah, nightclubs, and it was a big. Some fans got a bit up to about. It. Some were fine with it, and there was a lot of allegations and rumors about what actually happened, what was said, and stuff. So I wouldn't, I won't go into deals now because we don't know the details. Mm. But I'll tell you what, it seems to have inspired him. <laughs> so someone's saying, you get yourself out paggering on Botchigo every weekend if you're going to play like that for the rest of the season. He's, he seems to have been really lifted by it. But yeah, there is a belief, but we're cautious and knowledgeable of the fact that our results against the top teams this season are not great. But that said, I thought Rochdale one of the best sides I'd seen this season, the way they played football. I was really impressed with them. And we beat them 2-0. So, so there you go. Everything's possible. It do, it does just feel like there's a massive switch, like you said, a flick of a switch. I've read through his. I think he did a fans forum at some point. I think yes, I read through yeah, his the transcript right, yeah. on that, and everything he said was just so positive. Everything mm-hmm. he said, I, I, and I was looking at it thinking, I'd love this guy to be in charge because, and it feels like he's come. You get some managers like John Sheridan at Oldham, probably not last weekend, <laughs> um, but it just seems to work. And the character that he has, and the the passion that he speaks about the game with, um, the passion he speaks about Carlisle with, you just think. You're onto a winner again here. He's only in, I think, till the end of the season, isn't he? Yeah. At the minute, um, obviously, you'd probably like it to work out. <laughs> Has he given any hints as to if he's going to carry on? He's so far, it's only three games in, but he said at the fans' forum, he said, "I've literally, I've got a job for 50, I've been given a job for fifteen games, and that's it mm. for now. We'll see what happens at the end." He says, "My first, my priority after that last game at Bradford." on May the 7th or whatever it is, he says, I've got, I'm going to a, we- a nice wedding down south the weekend after and I'll decide after that what I'm doing. <laughs> so he's, he's very relaxed about it. I, mean, he, he, I think he's, is he 55, 56 now, something like that, I think. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's quite relaxed. He's, he, you know, he, he's a different character to the manager we had when he was first in charge. I think he's learned a hell of a lot. Mm. Either way, I think he'd, he'd happily help the club in whatever way he can, whether he decides not to stay in and then he goes recommend someone else for the job to replace him possibly I don't know but I think most fans will be over the moon if he stayed in because you get the impression that the players really really like him and respect him already which is you know remarkable from a couple of weeks work Mm. you get the impression from hearing him because he also did a bit with Steve McLaren on his um, podcast he's obviously worked with Steve McLaren for many years as a assistant coach at Derby and Newcastle and a few other clubs Mm. and and the way he was talking on that was like he he, he really has a he really missed getting abuse in the mm. in the in the box in the uh, technical in the area. Yeah. He, he loves it. He said, "I love it." He says, "I I was sat up in the stand doing some some match assessment or something like that, and saw the, the manager getting sticky, thinking, oh, I'd love to be down there right now.' <laughs> so he, he's, he must have a bug for it. So I, I wonder because it's interesting. What he said was when he came back was that. If any other League Two club had come to me and said, can you come in for these last 15 games? And I would have said, nah, you're all right. I'll, I'll stay at home and I'll do my media bit and stuff like that. But he said, with Carlisle, there was just, there's always that, mm, go on then. It was a pull, yeah. 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 It's interesting that you're talking like that. because So last year when Keith was sacked from yeah. us and John Brady took over, you know, that it was very much in an interim capacity at first. And, and, you know, there were there were a few fans that were a bit like, well, actually, we want to know what's going on, and, and you know, there were there were murmurings in the fan base, at least, of, of things where they were saying, well, how can you plan for next year if you don't have a manager in place and ready, and you don't have that all set up ready for the summer? You know, surely what the players need is stability and to know what's going to be happening at the end of the season. I mean, 
I know that you're sort still in that honeymoon phase uh, with Simpson at the moment, but is there not an element of you that just sort of says, well, okay, as good as it is at the moment, you know, it's not good enough it just being the last 15 games of the season. We need we need to have more stability than that. Uh, to be honest, no. There's, okay. one, there's one aim for this last 15 games, stay in the league. Nothing else matters because we've, we've got issues off the pitch with the debt and the ownership and stuff like that that is that is has dragged on for too long and that needs to be sorted. But a club in the National League, in our state financially, becomes a lot harder to sell and a lot harder to deal with. If we if we, if we went down to the National League, we we wouldn't we wouldn't come back at the first attempt. I, I wouldn't be amazed if we went down the National League, we dropped down to the National League North. Because when you look at the money that's in there now, it's it's ridiculous. So Simo's job is quite simple, keep us up and then then we can rethink if he wants to stay on brilliant he can then build and mold the club in his own style and the way he wants to do it and I think most fans would be delighted if he did that if he goes if he keeps us up but then he decides he wants to go great fresh start let's let's let's, let's see if we can get in let's let's make this appointment the right appointment we, we got rid of the director football model which we had in place for the last few years with Holdsworth in that role I'm not personally against the idea of a director football been at the club I just don't think he was ever the right man for it um so you, you might even want to look back and say well let, let's look back at that and get a right the right person in for that role we might look and decide actually no let's just go with the manager coach top, uh, format but but yeah I, I, I'm not fussed I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy for him to just do the 15 games and go if he keeps us up I'd, I'd be absolutely delighted but I'd, I really do hope he stays though to be honest Great, good stuff. I, I'm scared now. I have to say, <laughs> I was a little bit worried before, but it, it does feel like we're walking into a bear trap a little bit. Um, going to very quickly touch on some players. I picked yeah. out Amari Patrick. We've spoken about him a little yeah. bit already. Um, he just looks like one of these players. He's just going to take a game by the scruff of the neck, and he can just do something out of nowhere. When you've got a player like that in the team, it just feels like you've got a chance because he'll pull something out of the bag. Yeah, he's got pace to burn. That, that's yeah. the the big thing with him. But one thing we really struggle with a lot of this season is that. When we get the ball or the pitch, we didn't have an out ball. We didn't have someone who could just run at players, and he and he'll do that. And even when the crowd gets behind him, he gets excited and he runs at them. And yeah, he'll, he'll try a lot of tricks, and a lot of them don't come off. But when he when he does, when he runs at a fullback, a full pelt with the ball at his feet, at, at this level, a lot of them just panic and don't know what to do. And and his finishing was a hundred percent improved since he was last with us. I mean, I think he's pretty much doubled his tally of goals for mm. us in this 12 games compared against the 50 odd he'd played from the previous spell so he's playing more as a striker now and he is a big threat and he's and he's building up a good relationship with Christian Dennis who we signed in January as well he's he's one who's not really quite up to fitness yet but what we're doing is what Paul Simpson's basically done is he's put experience into the team and said I don't care if I only get 60 minutes out of them brilliant that, that'll do me get 60 minutes out of them get the fitness up get a bit of experience in the team and and Christian, he set up the goal for Amara at the weekend, and he he's not quite at his goal scoring chances yet, but he's he's looked really lively, and and yeah, Amari Amari's probably going to be our biggest attacking threat, I'd say. Mm. Uh, at the other end, concrete Rod Rod, Rod McDonald's injured, mm. I think, at the minute. Um, Simpson said he's set to return in the Cumbria Cup later this month. What's what is that? <laughs> yeah, Cumberland Cup. Basically, it's just the Cumberland um, Cup. Sorry, it's, it's the uh, it's basically the old sort of county FA Cup thing. Basically, right. please, play- please tell me that you win a Cumberland sausage at the end. <laughs> uh, sad- sadly, not. No, no rubbish. Um, I think I think we're we're playing. Um, I think it's I think we're playing Carlisle City, who, um, <laughs> okay. who are, are actually 
th- these days are actually in the English pyramid as well. They they never used to be till about five or six years ago, but they joined at the very bottom of the uh, the pyramid now. So they're still at that level. You you might have seen earlier this season they actually beat I think it was Durham City something like sixteen oh. seventeen nil wow. in a midweek game and it was it's just constant and I think they had about three goals disallowed and they missed a penalty as well. So that's that was quite ridiculous that game. Um, but yeah, he, he's hopefully coming back in that. He, he was a he was it's funny. When we played you early this season in Millen's first game in charge, he had an absolute stinker that day. And the fans were absolutely furious and basically saying, get him out. I don't want to see him playing for our club ever again. He was that bad. Since then, he's been excellent. And actually him him getting injured was part of Millen's downfall because he just didn't have a replacement for him. And we were having to play kids basically in, in defence. So hopefully we'll be back soon. But to be honest, he might struggle to get into the team at the moment because... The defence is playing really well the last few games, so we have to settle for a place on the bench. Good stuff. So before we come on to predictions, we ask everyone this question. Um, <laughs> Worked because... well for you last week, didn't it, Danny? <laughs> well, I think you asked it last week, Charles. Oh, I did, yeah. <laughs> okay, it didn't work well for, you the, ask uh, it... for the fan, did it? Why don't you ask it again, because uh, that might work for us. Are, are you thinking that there's a, there's, a, there's a thing between me and this question, are you? Okay. Yes. Yeah, go on. So, Let's see how long it lasts for. Okay, Lee, we, we asked this question to all of our opposition fans. Um, it's If you know anything about the Cobblers this season, then, then you'll probably understand why I asked this question. Um, how are you at defending set pieces? Um, we were absolutely dreadful for the first half of the season, from what I remember. I don't think we've been particularly bad for a while now. We seem to tighten things up a little bit, I think. We've got a lot at centre-back alongside... Well, sorry, not alongside it. McDonald, obviously, because he's not playing at the moment. Uh, he's coming called Morgan Feeney, who we signed from Sunderland. I think he'd been at Everton as a, as a kid. And he's become a bit of a cult hero. The fans, every time he's heading the ball away, shouting Feeney at the moment. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, he scored, obviously, the winner at the weekend. So he's one who's really stepped up his game and he's quite strong at headway, heading away set pieces. So yeah, we, we've got better actually, to be fair. Okay. Well, um, let's see uh, how you feel about that on <laughs> Sunday. Uh, <laughs> go on, Danny. Right. Are we moving on to... Let's move on to yeah. the final bit, please, Charles. Okay. I've been supporting the town since I don't know when. We turn up week after week to watch us struggling again. Look at us now, arm at was a booked again. I don't know how. We've hit the post again and lost control. All we want is a few more goals. Just one shot and the whole North Stand would sing. Hoskins, Pinnock or Canoe, get it in! Whoa, come on cobblers. Here we go again, let us know, what are your predictions? Come on cobblers, will we win again? And get us talking about a proper ding dong. Don't leave us broken hearted, help get the talking started. Email, tweets or just a WhatsApp. Email your predictions to podcast at cobblerstome.com. Please Look, if you don't, all we get is Neil predicting nine all draws every week, as if that's going to happen. There we go. Thank you, Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> Not, nothing quite like a short and tight jingle, is there? Really? 
<laughs> for oh, what great. for the so with the amount of time we spend on predictions at the end, it's probably longer than we actually predict. <laughs> yeah. Um Lee, I'm gonna come to you um after that. We are making predictions, if you didn't gather. Um uh, oh. prediction for Saturday, please. Oh, this is tough because obviously we're on a, a free game winning run. Um, for Simo, it's actually technically a five-game winning one if you go back 16 years to his first spell. <laughs> um, oh, I suppose all good things have to come to an end, but I can't see us losing at the same time. I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw. I think it'll be an entertaining game because you guys are obviously flying at the top. So I'll go for a, a, a 2-2 draw, and I reckon if you want me to give you some goal scorers, Amari Patrick's going to score. Jamie Devitt will f- score a free kick because he's one of my favourites. Um, and I think Jack Salby will score two for you guys because it's inevitable for former Carlisle player scores against us. <laughs> Good stuff. I, th- uh, I think I, I think there's going to be goals as well. Goals! Am, Charles, I'm going. I'm oh. going in. Oh. I know this doesn't go down usually well on our uh, fan club pod, but I'm going to go for a ding-dong. I was going to say, do I need to go... So I'm going. I'm going to be positive. I think I'm going for three-two Cobblers win. Ooh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Who's scoring all we, these goals? Well, Samuel Tobias Hoskins will get one. Okay. Yeah. Mitch Pinnock. Yeah. Uh, with a free kick, you know, say, and then I'm going to go for a set piece winner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Praise a horseful to because Sam's obviously scored earlier in the game. He's going to want to yeah. match him up again. So three-two. Okay. All right. Then lovely. Um, I've uh, done the thing that I shouldn't have done. I've gone on Google. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six. We're unbeaten in six against Carlisle, so I've oh, just ruined Charles, everything. Come on. Uh, <laughs> you know I'm better. Gonna than go, that. I'm going to go with a two nil. No, I'm not. I'm going to go two one. Carlisle will score, um, but it'll be a two one Cobblers victory. I think mm. um, two goals from John Guthrie because he's a bit annoyed that the horse is leaving him behind. Mm. Catch the go. horse. There we Catch go. the horse, yeah. Oh, good. Well, thank you, Lee. Uh, we're going to move on to our second part in a minute, but thank you, Lee, for, for joining us. All the best. Um, do you want to quickly share your podcast before you go? Yeah, if you want to. Uh, it's, it's the Brunt and Bugle, basically. So it's if you search on any good podcast app, we're on there. Um, Bruntandbugle.com as well. Um, yeah, and obviously we'll have one of you guys on as well just to do a little bit with us about the, uh, the game this weekend too. So... Yeah, there you go. You may well regret that. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's great. Thanks very much, Lee. And uh, we'll Cheers. be back. We'll be back after this. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. We're back. Hey, we're back. Where do we go? <laughs> Suddenly we're back. I went to top up my Haribo because I threw them all over my pl- all over the place <laughs> earlier. Uh, Charles, we've got another big game to look forward to at the weekend. Huge game, and it's at Sixfields. It's on Sunday, oh. and it is, of course, the NTFC women back at Sixfields uh, to take on Loughborough Students Women in the East Midlands Women's Regional Football League Premier Division. Easy for me to say. Uh, Sunday, this coming Sunday, thirteenth of March, two o'clock kickoff. Neil. 
(laughs) (laughs) and all supporters are welcome. I think we've got some details at the end to come with that. Uh, Currently, Cobblers women, top of the league, of course, 100% record. Is that true still? No, it's gone. League record, I think. It's gone. Uh, It was only a draw, wasn't it? Yeah. Record's fine. Um, 602 fans last time out with a 9-2 win over Rotherham in September. This time, hoping for obviously an even bigger crowd to come and support, promote women's football. And it's all in conjunction with International Women's Day this week. And to join us to preview that one, we've got our very own Abby Bruin. How are you, Abby? Hello. Good evening. Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Two points clear, Abby, at the top. 36 goals, I believe, from those games. What has been the secret to this season and this run? Oh, can I give that away? Um, <laughs> why? <laughs> we're top of the league. Uh, we're going for promotion. Um, but no, it's, it's got to be the graft. Um, all the hard work, I guess, over the last kind of two to three years. Um, we've not kind of finished a season. Well, I technically haven't finished a season with the Cobblers yet since I joined, um, obviously with COVID. Um, so I guess it's all that kind of graft um, throughout the last kind of two to three years um, and really kind of building up to where we are now. Um, a lot of hard work behind the scenes with all the staff um, and then getting us to a place where um, we've bonded so well as a team, um, really kind of get each other um, and we play some good football, um, score goals, which is the most important thing and win games. <laughs> yeah, I remember during lockdown, you mentioned COVID there. I think we might have mentioned it before. The sense of togetherness with you all was it was so evident online and everything like that, that you, you could tell that something was building even when you were just at home, you were just training on your own, that you kind of thought when you got back together again, you were just going to hit the ground running and that's happened, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think we've all got kind of that end goal in mind um, and it's been building up over the last couple of seasons um, and we're all kind of, we've got the same kind of ethos. We want to work hard. We want to work for each other um, and we want to, yeah, win games. We want to uh, and do it well. We want to play good football. We work re- for each other. Um, and as I mentioned kind of before, it's that graft. Um, it's the training each week um, over the kind of past couple of years as well. Not We haven't always had the opportunity to train with obviously COVID, but it's all the kind of um, extra fitness work and things like that. We, we kept on top of it. Um, and I, I guess for me, I think that's where and why we've got we've got to where we are now um, and we're doing so well in the league this year. Mm. So, so when you are winning, when you are scoring all these bagged loads of goals every week, how do you, how do the team keep the focus week by week when you are doing that all the time? I guess at times it's difficult because you almost expect it sometimes. And I, I guess last week is an example, we got knocked out of um, the league cup. Um, and that was a really tough one to take because as you've seen, yeah, our results have been brilliant this season. Um, we've barely, um, well, we've lost a couple of games, but that's in, in the cup and we've drawn once in the league. Um, but apart from that, we've had some amazing results. Um, so it's, yeah, I guess um, not getting complacent um, and really kind of celebrating those wins as well, because at times it it's always hard. Um, and that sounds, yeah, that, that sounds, it sounds like a weird thing to say, but um kind of when you expect to win or you think you're going to win, sometimes you probably don't celebrate as much as you should when actually you've got mm. you've got the win, you've scored the goals, um, you've got the three points and that's the most important thing. So 
um, yeah, it's just kind of con- continuing that momentum. Um, it's coming back from last week um, after a, a defeat um, and then really taking that into this week and showing what we're made of um, and really turning it around, I guess. How, how's that felt this week? I know at the moment you're not actually involved because you've got an injury, but how, how does it feel? I, I presume you talked to some of the girls at least, um, if not the you know Josh and Lou as well. This isn't something you've had for ages. This you know a, a defeat on your record. It, it's not been there. And even if you go back to when the last time that happened, that was obviously in the FA Cup, and that would have been hard to take. But at the same time, you were playing a team that was you know from the the league above, and you were away from home on that occasion as well. So, is this one a little bit more? difficult has it been a bit of a I don't want to say wake up call but has it been a just a a different atmosphere around the squad this week yeah definitely I'd say that um it's that a bit of a wake up call I guess um I guess we potentially got a bit complacent as I said with all the kind of good wins and things like that um and every team um, will have a bad day um, or a bad run of games and things like that it happens um and I think it was just I was there on the day obviously supporting and watching the girls um and it, it just was one of those days where it just didn't click um and yeah I think we've been in these sorts of situations where we've been in games where we've gone one, two nil down and we've had to kind of come back in the game. And obviously that didn't happen this time. Um, we, we did lose. So um, it's how then we bounce back. Um, and what better way, I guess, than this weekend um, at six fields against mm. all, hopefully um, the support that we get on the day, we all want to put on a show and we want to show people what we're made of. Um, and we want to, yeah, put on a display. Absolutely. I mean, la- yeah. last time that you were there, was of course the nine-two win over Rotherham. Um, you made the the first goal, of course. How how did it feel to play at Sixfields rather than just at Harpole? No disrespect to Harpole, by the way, but having been there, it's not really a patch on Sixfields, uh, and that's saying something probably. Um, it must have felt great to be in there in a in a, a you know professional football club stadium as opposed to your normal you know surroundings yeah no it was it was insane um you just those are the moments that yeah that really kind of make it worthwhile I, not worthwhile but I, I, yeah it's just it was just incredible um and having all that support that we did um having the ground um the one thing you can't really blame the ground either so if you do miss past the ball <laughs> you can't blame it on a bob um or, or the pitch that I guess that's one the only downfall <laughs> instead of playing at half hole um yeah it is our fault <laughs> um, but no no it's, it's incredible and obviously um having that experience and having the opportunity to do that um and also showcase that to kind of the the younger girls as well who can who came to watch and hopefully will come to watch again on Sunday um if they keep playing keep um kind of putting in the hard work, this is where they could be uh, in a few years' time and having these opportunities um, to play at such an amazing um, venue. Yeah, absolutely. Because it it's all well and good going and watching, you know, you playing at, at Harpole or any of the other, you know, grounds that you go and play at. Because you, you were at rugby, I think, on um, Sunday for the League Cup game. Um, I mean, that, that's great and everything, but essentially it's not a patch on going and actually playing inside a stadium that's 
um, you know, where you've got week in, week out football happening. And and that inspiration for, you know, you guys that are actually playing, but then also, as you mentioned, the people that are younger looking up to you, going, that could be me. I mean, that's what it's all about, really, isn't it? It's that showcase of this could be you. And and I think that's kind of important to sort of put across maybe this week, especially with International Women's Day being this week, is the fact that, you know, we go to watch the, the Cobblers play on a Saturday and we watch 22 blokes playing football, whereas this is showing that all the girls that are growing up, they can do that too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, it, it's so important for us. And I think that's one of the biggest things that, why we love these games so much obviously it's the occasion um around it but it's also the kind of little events that we go and see the girls down at their kind of clubs training um and and playing their games um and really get them excited about an occasion um and it's so important to kind of really um yeah keep keep them going I guess um and especially from I guess when I was their age um I, you, we didn't really see this as much um the women's game has grown so much in the last few years so when I was probably at that age um I re- never really had that I, I just didn't think I would I would ever kind of make it and I would I was kind of focusing more on my education which is obviously important but yeah kind of having these opportunities and seeing these um kind of big events and big games you kind of I guess for them, it's thinking, well, actually, if I kind of work hard and really, really push for it, especially, as I say, with the women's game now, it's a lot different. Um, so it's, it's a really good thing for them to kind of really aspire um, and, and achieve. Definitely. There's, we all saw quite a bumper crowd last Saturday in terms of the men's team. You'd hope that a lot of them would come back again. And I guess it's the same on Sunday. You just, if, if you can get a crowd again, bigger than 600, you can build on that from last time. You, if you can get the people in again and get them coming back in again and again and again, it's only going to build, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's what we've seen actually since that um, kind of our first game at the start of the season at Sixfields. We have had more support and a lot more following, um, not only obviously on, um, at the games, but on social media, that sort of thing. Mm. So it really is helping to kind of put our name out there. Um, and especially if, we obviously um, kind of get the promotion um, going up to the National League, um, kind of playing bigger oppositions and, um, yeah, just kind of building that momentum um, as well. Yeah, so Loughborough this weekend, Loughborough students, women, the opposition. I don't think you've played them this year, have you, this season? No. Um, have you got any idea? They're eighth in the league at the moment, one, two out of ten. Any kind of idea of what they're what they're like, what their playing style is, or how you can get at them? If you have you been able to, or are you able to look at kind of things like that before the game? Yeah, so we do get. Um, so our um, co- coaches are brilliant. We do get uh, analysis where we can um, of the opposition. So yeah, like you say, we haven't played them yet this season. And the one thing with Loughborough, um, they are students, so they do change. Um, mm. Or the team does change frequently, um, and probably most years with um, obviously students graduating. And obviously with it being kind of an ex-club of mine as well, um, it's a bit of a bittersweet one now for me being injured and not being able to play in this game. Um, obviously, I won't know any of the girls because I graduated a, a few years ago now. Um, so it's all changed since then. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of get the analysis that we can if there's anything obviously online that we can kind of look at. Um, and then any inside knowledge, I guess, um, about the team. Um, but yeah, the results haven't been 
obviously the best sitting in eighth. Um, so hopefully um, we'll be able to obviously get the, the win. But yeah, you obviously don't know until the day. Yeah, I'm so, so gutted for you, Abby, as well. You can't play in this one. It's Achilles, isn't it, your injury? Yes. At the moment. Um, gutted as well, because Charles <laughs> mentioned on a pod, and you probably remember this, he said he was going to give you £20 for every goal you scored in this game. Um, with you being injured, could you nominate someone else oh, to take that go. mantle, please? And so that if somebody else scores this number of goals, they can take your place in this in this bet that Charles has got I, himself into. Yeah, I think that's a, a great idea. Just on that, um, so I did get a message from um, Charlie Cooper and she said she would um, set me up as many times as possible in the game um, to try and maximise that. <laughs> that Amazing. Um, but unfortunately, that, that obviously can't happen. Um, so I would probably put my money on Alex Dix in her current, current form, um, scores hat-tricks for fun, that girl. So, yeah, yeah. if anyone's going to get a few goals, um, I'm putting my money on Alex. Uh, and so is Charles. Yeah, it seems like <laughs> it, doesn't it? <laughs> Right, so that's £20 for every Alex Dix goals. Uh, does it still go to Abbey or does it go to the we're, club itself, Charles? We'll, we'll have to sort that. I can't remember. We'll have to <laughs> yeah. go back in the... Uh, oh, yeah. Convenient. So apart from apart from seeing me lose all my money on Sunday, <laughs> what would you say to anyone, Abby, that was still on the fence about going on Sunday to watch the game? Yeah, so I, I guess the, the previous game against Rotherham, um, an, a 9-2 um, scoreline, um, I think we've, we've said it before, the, there's kind of bound to be goals. Um, so any kind of football fan loves goals. Um, and yeah, we we generally score some really good goals. So um, that that's one reason. Um, but obviously, yeah, we, we'd absolutely love the support in all seriousness. Um, it's a big occasion for us. Um, and yeah, it would just be really good to kind of showcase the women's game. Um, and yeah, I think it it could help. Um, I guess people understand the women's game a bit a bit better as well, um, and how we play and things like that, and just help. Like I mentioned before, um, really kind of get our name out there. So yeah, obviously we'd absolutely love the support. Um, so please, yeah, share with friends, family, neighbours, um, shout about it. Let us let them know um, that we're playing on Sunday, um, and we'd love to see you all there. Absolutely. I know you came in into the green room. I, I call it a green room. It's the holding place for the podcast. I know you, you dropped in just as our jingle was playing from our patron, Malcolm Butler. Um, firstly, can I get your score out of 10 for that jingle, please? 12 out of 10. 12, yeah. He'll, he'll, look, he'll be loving that. And uh, you mentioned before that you'd like him to make you one as well. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, do I kind of send in some song requests or... Does he kind of put, put, how, how does this work? Ma- Ma- Malcolm he's, he's has his song collection okay. and he just goes yeah. for it. So <laughs> we does, basically, we'd does. love a jingle for, for any NTFC women content, content that we put yeah. out. Yeah. So come on, Malcolm. Do, do best. I mean, if, on, you, if you want, Danny, there, there's another jingle, not from Malcolm, but from Dan Darwood. Yeah. Shall we use that yeah, for this stick one? that in there. Yeah, go okay. on. I predict a riot. I predict a riot or a ball draw. Short, sweet, to the point. Yeah, thanks, Dan. <laughs> um, I don't think I'm going to predict a board draw for this one, Abby. I don't think you're probably allowed to make predictions, is that right? Or do you want to put a sneaky one in there? Oh no, yeah, I think I think that's 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 fair enough. Um, oh, a definite win. How many by? Um, I'm going to go for oh nine nil. 
Oh, in there. Do you know, I actually, I genuinely thought that you were going to go really conservative and be like, <laughs> we don't, I don't want to, I don't want to make anybody fit from Loughborough feel bad. Uh, we'll we'll yeah. win, but you know, modest one nil win or something. No, straight in for the kill. Yeah, Nine. I love, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, I think we got nine last time, didn't we? we nine, did. two. nine two. I'm going to go time. ten. No, yeah. I'm going to go twelve. Oh. 12 nil. I think they're all going to be gone out on the piss the night before. Who loved the students? Love the students. <laughs> I think they've gone out. They probably bumped into a Mary Patrick on their night out. Um, had a good time, and just they're going to be in a state on Sunday. Twelve nil. Twelve nil. Twelve nil. Can I can I get your prediction for how many Alex Dix is going to score, please? Uh, seven. Oh God! <laughs> just so you know, Charles, Alex Dix got two last time at Sixfields. Okay. All right. Round that one. Goodness. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with um, a. I, I'm 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 going to go with an eight nil. Oh. So I'm not. It's not. It's not. I I I don't think it's anything to do with uh, you know sort of turning around and not being especially. Happy, you know, eight nil is more than enough. Yeah. You know. The fact that we're saying only eight says yeah, a lot about the team to be fair. Isn't it? Uh, only eight. Imagine <laughs> if we were saying that about the men's team. <laughs> like that, okay, yeah, we're only gonna win eight nil. Everyone will be writing in saying you are ridiculous. Get out. Uh no, I'll go I'll go with eight. Uh, I, I, mainly I'm hoping that it's only eight because I, I'd quite like to have some money left in the end of this <laughs> Uh, how many are you predicting that Alex gets? Uh, probably all eight. <laughs> <laughs> because I've, I've got this now horrible feeling that literally what's going to happen is that they're all just going to be, you know, setting her up at every opportunity as often as they possibly yes, can. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining Josh and Lou at the end just being very annoyed because we could have scored 40. Yeah. But instead... <laughs> Every single time it was a pass to Alex, regardless of where that, she was. <laughs> I thought you meant they're going to be bringing their flat caps up to you to get the, to collect the cash. Oh, goodness, no. <laughs> anyway, um, Abby, thank you so much for coming on. And um, yeah, heal quickly. We were going to want to see you back out there before the end of the season, um, if you can. Yeah, no, thank you so much, guys. Thanks for having me on. Cheers. And do please pass on our support for the whole squad. And get down to Sixfields if you can on Sunday, two o'clock kickoff, like you said. Uh, season ticket holders for the men's team are free. Under 18s are free. Uh, over 18s, only £3. Only £3. What's that, 10p a goal, probably? <laughs> um, get them in advance from ntfcdirect.co.uk or a fiver on arrival. Thank you again, Abby. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Danny. This bumper edition. I enjoyed oh, it. I did. Uh, Good luck, NTFC women. Good luck, the Cobblers. And we'll see you all soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.